Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. The testimonies. Anyone got a testimony or something that you're thankful for? I'll start off and say, if you want to come, just come up. But I, I was, uh, the, the, the ladies had an awesome, um, what was it called yesterday? Whatever that was called, it was wonderful. I wasn't there, but my wife was. And uh, she came back a transformed person. I'm joking. She, was, she enjoyed it. But I... <laughs> I, I was uh, uh, spending some time with uh, Nathan and then my, my two boys and uh, we went and played putt-putt and uh, that was the first time for William and Elliot uh, playing putt-putt age six and eight and uh, William was uh, thinking it was golf and uh, put the putter straight into my eye <laughs> and uh, I'm thankful it's not blue today. Uh, it's sore and it's got a little red uh, mark here you can see but I'm grateful that uh, I can see out of that eye and there's no concussion or anything like that so praise God. Anyone else got something they're thankful for? Less dramatic. <laughs> um, yeah, we also had a, I think on Thursday evening some of you, uh, I know James, you were there um, had a healing testimony at Life Group as well. Awesome. I was in prayer for uh, one of the, the members who was struggling with some back pain and uh, doing something funny that caused the pain. So we got to pray for her and yeah, her back is completely whole and well. So she's super thankful. And then uh, we celebrated Chris's eight-month birthday. Chris is my son. Uh, so he's eight months old and uh, yeah, super thankful for the, the eight months. It's been awesome. That's cool. Thanks, Eto. Somebody else got a testimony or Thanksgiving? Go for it, Ben. Um, yeah, we were at Manakeir on Friday morning. Um, is any guy here not at Manakeir? Because I highly recommend it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> I am thankful for Manakeir, but it's not what I'm thankful So one of the guys stood up at Manakeir and we always asked, like, is there anything anyone's thankful for? And this guy was just like, listen, his wife has been dealing with back pain for probably, I think he said six years or something hectic, and he's been, you know, with all of the necessary things, and Shane prayed obviously last Sunday, and instantaneously she received her healing while standing here and walked out healed and hasn't had a problem since. Um, the reason I'm saying this is because I'm thankful for this community and this church that we're in, and if you're new here, I know it's weird, like you come here and <laughs> Shane's not normal, and like, <laughs> it's weird for us as well, like you see us on stage, like that's actually the first time, but like you see us, and then everyone's like, yes, but these are like church people, you know what I mean, and then it's, it's not like that at all, like we're all part of the same, yeah. <laughs> we're all part of the same family, we're all a little bit um, unsure of where we fit in, but we all fit in in Christ. And that's mm-hmm. where we fit in. So if you're coming here and like, oh, is this the church? Or, or it's, it's really not about that. It's really about the spirit that lives inside of us. And I encourage you to get planted in that before you need your healing. If, you, if you're waiting and seeing, okay, mm, times are actually okay now. Let me go to church once or twice a month. That's not ideal. Like for you to be rooted in a family mm-hmm. before crisis hits is the ultimate or the optimal time. But it's happening. So I encourage you to come. That's awesome. Thanks, Ben. Today's message, Father, I thank you that as we get into the Word uh, this evening, that uh, you just open our understanding, open up our minds to see what you want us to see, and minister to our hearts, and and again, I thank you that your, your Spirit is ministering to us in the middle of all of this, Father. 
not just on, on whatever we're talking about, but I thank you that, that as the, the word is heard, that even healing will take place in people's bodies, in their minds, in their hearts. Even for those who are unable to join in person, or are joining online or listening, I thank you that they will even experience you know, your, your, your presence and your presence manifested in healing or whatever they need right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. So, we've been focusing on things that I believe will will help you mature and help you grow. We've been looking at the reality of Christianity in the book of, or primarily in the book of Ephesians, even though it's not limited to the book of Ephesians. Uh, We are kind of systematically going through it, and we find ourselves in chapter 3, but we're not starting off there. And uh, in all of it, we're really focusing on salvation. What is salvation? Because that's the purpose of the letters of the, uh, uh, um, the, what the apostles wrote. It's to explain the, uh, the realities of our faith. What it means for us in terms of identity and what it means for us in this is what you can do because of who you are. And so Ephesians even you can break in half. And the first half of it is primarily, not limited to, this is your identity in Christ. This is who you are. The second half is um, primarily about uh, uh, this, because of who you are, this is the outworking of it. This is how you can live because of what happened to you at salvation. Okay? And um, I'm kind of going to mix the two a little bit today, um, the first and the second half. But we're really tapping into the realities of Christianity for a specific purpose. It's so that we can live like Jesus and impact the world. So it's like week in, week out, I've been talking about who lives inside of us, what that means, and the purpose of that, if you missed out on any of it, if you want to get it, it's online, but, but if, if the purpose of all of this is an outworking of this. It's not just for us to go, wow, great, and then move on to another topic. This is for us to be able to, to be established in these truths so that we can experience the reality of Christianity. The purpose of the word reality there is that it's, 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 it's expressing a tangibility. For a lot of people, Christianity is just some kind of head thing. Another God to believe, or, or another system of, of, of belief, or uh, a lifestyle. You know, may, may your Christianity never just be a lifestyle. May it be much more than that, but let it include that. You know, there's much more to it. There's a tangibility to it, okay? I mean, we, we, we're focusing on the whole thing of how God lives in us. And if God lives in you, then there, that has to be something real. There has to be something tangible about that. There has to be something that you can enjoy and experience because of that. Amen? <clears throat> So last week, we, we got into Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 21, and I'll say I'm thankful for, the, uh, for Ben stepping in in the band so that I can try and recover my voice a little bit, which is a bit damaged, although it didn't really help because I sang anyway. <laughs> and so this is hot water and lemon. <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ... The Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. So I just want to point out there that the riches of the glory of His inheritance is in you, the saints. 
Okay, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to, toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly realms, uh, heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So I've labored this verse quite a bit, so I'm not going to go into it too much, in too much detail, but Paul is really talking about a power that's found in you as a believer. This is not external. This is in you as a believer. The moment you say yes to Jesus, he, what he's talking about is your new reality. You might not be experiencing it because you haven't caught up with the, 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 the reality in your head. Okay, But as a believer, you've got to realize you're never deficient in power. You're deficient in the knowledge of what you've got in terms of power. Okay, The power is in you, and that power is actually just Jesus himself, who's taken residence up inside of you. Okay, And this power, you know, the, the way that the Greek describes it, 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 it can be translated as going beyond the mark, which means it's more than sufficient for whatever you, you face in life. See, I mean, there's a, a reality about that which we can then apply to our Christian lives that, hey, I've got God in me and there's a, an, a supernatural ability that I've got because of that which goes beyond the mark and whatever I face in this life, I'm never deficient of power to, to meet the challenge that comes my way. That should be encouraging for us. That should cause us to... to, to I, I don't know if you can get excited about a challenge really because of that, but when a challenge does come, you're like, wow, I can face this, I can get through this. Not thank God for the challenge, but thank God I can get through the challenge. Amen? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, the evidence, we spoke about this last week, of Christ is you. Okay? The evidence of the gospel is you. Not your testimony, not your story, but your life. Yes, that's part of your story and everything, but it's like what you're currently doing. When you're stepping out... When you're expressing love, when you're releasing power, that's the evidence. We looked at that in detail last week. That's witnessing. Okay, when we allow our lives to bear supernatural fruit of love, because Jesus lives in us, of power, because Jesus lives in us and wants to live through us, that's witnessing. Okay, witnessing for Jesus is not just talking, it's demonstrating. Every religion talks. Okay, we shouldn't just be talking, we should be demonstrating. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples by your love. And that's not just talking about some kind of love that the world is familiar with, this is talking about a self sacrificial love that the world doesn't know, and when they see it, it's something that they don't understand. Okay, yeah, why would you look after one another as a community the way that you do? Why would you, 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 you just do the things that you do for each other and, and love on one another and treat each other the way that you do? It shouldn't make sense to the world. They should see it and see God has to be there. 
Okay, so you know, this says you receive power. Now that word power in the Greek is dunamis, which means supernatural miracle working ability of God. And that word power is the same word used in Ephesians chapter 1. So Ephesians chapter 1 is specifically talking about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's what he's talking about. When we read through Acts and we see how the early church lives, okay, if you've ever read through Acts, we should be challenged with this thought. Okay, it's not normal for a Christian to be powerless. That's that's what we should be challenged with. And it's no condemnation, because we all start off somewhere. But we should be challenged with the thoughts of, well, if I look at the book of Acts, and I see the way that they live, not just the big boys, but everyone, then surely my life should resemble something like that. And the answer is yes, it should. Okay? So, yeah, it's not normal for a Christian to be powerless. Those are the thoughts we should be challenged with. Not challenged to just be like, oh, wow. I'm challenged right now. But challenged in the sense of now I'm going to be moving into a place of living this out so that God can be glorified in my life. That's how God can be glorified in your life. Not just by you going glory, hallelujah in worship, but He's glorified when you start to live out what He's put inside of you. Okay? The normal Christian life is one where we exhibit the power of Jesus. When we start to live supernaturally, Okay, And so that's really what my aim is every week, is to challenge us on these things and stir it up so we can start to see it. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 from the Passion Translation says, But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. I like that phrase, seized with power. You can also translate it, or you will seize power. So it's kind of like a, a good tug of war almost, where you seize with power and you're seizing power, so it's kind of like there's just a lot of power. Amen? <laughs> okay. You'll be seized with power. You'll be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, etc. To the end of the world. Acts is written by Luke, and so it's a continuation from the book of Luke. And so if we look at Luke 24:49, it kind of is, is, is saying a similar thing and building on this. Okay, And in Luke 24, 49, Jesus says, I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city, in Jerusalem, until you are clothed with the mighty power of heaven. I like that, that phrase, clothed with the mighty power of heaven. What does it mean to be clothed? Okay, It means that it's something visible. I'm clothed with this jacket right now. And as a result, you can see the jacket. You can see what I'm clothed with. And everyone said, thank God he's got clothes on. <laughs> okay? But the point is, it's like, like, to be clothed with power means we can see power on you. We can see power in your life as a fruit. It's not just a talk of power, it's a demonstration of power. Okay? I like how this verse, this verse says, the Father's promise. I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise. This is something we've been talking about the whole series. The Father promised from Abraham all the way till it was fulfilled. The promise was salvation, the Spirit of God living in a man by faith. That was the promise. Okay? And as a result, now, now, now uh, let me say this, the Father's promise would be coming, and the Father's promise has come now in Acts chapter 2, 
And it's clothing with power, which means that this power can be seen. And so as a believer, I don't need power to come down. I need power to come out. Okay, I've got power resident inside of me. And now I need to release it. I need to get it out of me. Okay. I want to see if I should throw this out and just move on, because this could go in a different direction completely. But as I was studying this out, it's really exciting to see that this, the fulfillment of the promise, us being empowered with the Holy Spirit, is actually the fulfillment of Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28, where he says, let man have dominion. Up until the believer is empowered with the Spirit, I don't believe anyone took dominion, because they couldn't. So, the, the, like, if you look in Genesis, like, it's all speaking about what would happen in Jesus' coming. It's all speaking about salvation. What is the Exodus? I believe Exodus really happened. But the Exodus is a picture of salvation. But getting back to the, today, what is normal Christianity? 2 Corinthians 5, 16-17. Therefore... From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know Him thus no longer. So, we knew Christ according to the flesh, the incarnate. Okay? The Gospels. We knew Christ after the Gospels. God in the flesh. But now, we don't know Him that way anymore. We know Him as now the risen Christ, the exalted Christ, and seated in heaven Christ, and we seated in him Christ. <laughs> okay? Then it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, a creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay? So we cannot see Christ, who belongs in the gospel, in us. We have to see the resurrected Christ in us. The exalted Christ, you know, Philippians says that he's been exalted because of the, 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 the cross and all this, and been given a name above every name. And so his rank after the resurrection went up. It's, 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 it's kind of something I struggle to still comprehend. Because it's like, well, Jesus was Jesus. <laughs> okay, yes, but if Jesus is just Jesus, then surely he didn't need to die and rise again. But he did, to fulfill Scripture. And in fulfilling Scripture, the, the rank then increased. His, he got a name above all names. Okay, so another way to look at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16 is also that we mustn't judge ourselves the way that we, the, the, the writers of the Bible saw Christ. We don't judge ourselves according to the flesh. Okay, we've got to judge ourselves after the Spirit. Okay, this is really important because a lot of people become Christian, it's like, I received Christ, I believe, however you, you did it, you did your prayer thing, and now I'm a Christian. And you don't feel very different. And you're looking at your actions, you're looking at your thoughts, and you're like, I'm not really thinking like a Christian. Maybe 10 years down the line, I'm not really acting like a Christian still. Am I even saved? You know, and you're like, well, maybe I need to get born again again. You know, because you don't understand what happened to you when you got saved. You don't understand what happened to you the moment you said yes to Jesus. What happened? Inside you became a new creature. 
Okay? Inside you became a new creature. And you're not just a continuation of the old, you're now completely new, and you need to awaken to the reality of what took place so that you can experience that new. Okay? So, now I believe that the, the Christian's problem is primarily not the devil, not sin, not whatever else you think it is. It's really just not knowing what happened to you when you became a Christian. That's why Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1 and says, I'm praying that you'll have a revelation of the, the re, my words, the reality of what's inside of you. I'm praying that you would awaken and see Christ in you. This is why he's writing about Christ in you, and he's not writing about a lot of the things we focus on as Christians, whatever that may be. Paul actually speaks against a lot of the things that we focus on. Okay, But the point is, is that when we became new creations the moment we received Christ. And so if we, we want to operate in the power of Christ, we shouldn't be focused on the frailty of the earthen vessel that we are. Yeah, because, yeah, good question. Can you minister healing and pray for healing for someone if you yourself are sick? Of course, yes. I've done it lots. And every time I stand back and I go, Lord, what's wrong with me? Like, <laughs> this person just got healed of whatever. You know, I told you last week, someone was going blind and they got completely healed. And I was like, that's great. <laughs> like, you know, godly jealousy. <laughs> if it's possible. But it stirs me up then to press in more. But the point is, is that you know, often we, we, we look at our, the earthen vessel. That's what the Bible calls us. This jar, clay jar. And I'm like, this clay jar has some issues. This clay jar, you know, unless I, I take my, 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 my ponytail out, I, I don't look like Jesus so much. You know, <laughs> yeah, or, or whatever the situation is, it's like you, you look at yourself and you're like, well, I can't really be saved. You, you look at your feelings and you're like, sometimes I feel like I want to club people. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's not so Christian, but it's like, that's not in the spirit. That, that's not after the spirit. It's, it's focusing on the wrong thing. Amen? So, you know, we need to see ourselves... For who's inside of us, not the earthen vessel, not the clay jar. Some of us have got nice clay jars. Some of us have okay clay jars. <laughs> okay, But look at who's inside of you, not just on the outside. You know, often, you know, this is where grace really comes in. Amen? <laughs> I love it because it's, I've, I've had to learn that if, 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 if I'm needing to receive something, healing, let's say, for example, I don't need to judge the, the believer that, that's going to pray for me. Because I, I'll evaluate, no, this person's not really been saved that long. Or, ah, oh, you know, as if they've got a baby Jesus. Or, ah, oh, you know, you can tap into this, the power of God that's in them without them doing it. You're just like, would you minister to me? Would you pray for me? They lay their hands and you, you don't believe me? You look at the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus didn't know that she was, he was healing her. You know, she, she said within herself, I'm going to touch his, the hem of his garment and I'm going to get healed. Jesus, without Jesus' permission. Without Jesus' knowledge. So why can't you do that? Jesus is in me. 
Jesus is in the, the, the person who's been the Christian the least amount of time in this room. And you can go up to them and say, would you pray for me? That's humility. That's grace and action. And that's saying, hey, I acknowledge Christ is in you. I need some of that Christ. I've got him in me, but for some reason, <laughs> you know, I, I just, the, the body ministers to itself. The body needs to minister to each other. Okay? Yeah, so when we don't feel like it, we've got to acknowledge and realize he's here. When, when, when it doesn't feel like he's close, when it feels like God's far, we've got to realize he's here. When I'm feeling tired, we've got to realize the Holy Spirit in me is not tired. Yeah, often it, it happens at the most amazing uh, uh, times. Someone will phone and need prayer when I don't feel like praying. <laughs> you know, come to the hospital quick. So and so, whatever is happening. It's happened like that before, and I'm like, I've got my pantoffles on. <laughs> I don't want to go to the hospital now. You know, and now I have to go to the hospital. You know, it's like, you know, and, and then you see the power of God at work in those moments because it's not about what you feel. The Spirit of God in you is always on. Even when you're not. But you just need to flip the switch and release it. Amen? So, you know, I'm building up to this point. When we pray our Father in heaven, it reveals our ignorance. Or that we're not born again. Because He's not in heaven. <laughs> okay, you look at the context of the Lord's Prayer. He's not in heaven. Where is He? He's in us. Okay? So when we're praying things like our Father in heaven, you know, and I'm not saying the Lord's Prayer necessarily, but a lot of people will pray, Oh, Almighty Father in heaven, you know, way, wherever you are, Father. Hello! You know, like we're trying to get His attention. Like the prophets of Baal. We're just not cutting ourselves. Hopefully. You know? We're trying to reach out. We're praying out of ignorance. This reveals a separation mentality. It's not for the Christian. Because the Father dwells in you. Okay? John 14 verse 20. At that day. What is he talking about in context? You go look beforehand. It's talking about Pentecost. It's talking about salvation. Okay? It's talking about after Jesus' uh, complete work is now finished. And he says, at that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's talking about a bowl of spaghetti that you can't pull apart. It's like just a oneness between you, the Father, the Spirit, God, like everything all in one, and you can't separate it. So, if you're praying, Father, please go with me this week. It's like it's revealing ignorance. He's, he can't go with you this week because you're dragging him there. We started off talking about this. Some of us drag God places he would rather not go. <laughs> okay, like McDonald's. We spoke about that. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Moving swiftly along. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. That word dwells means abide. It means a fixed dwelling place. A permanent place of dwelling. Okay? It's fixed. Fixed, fixed, fixed. Okay? He's not leaving you. He can never leave you, never forsake you. Because He's now one with you. Okay? So when we do not know the truths of Christianity, we always default to 
displaying our ignorance. Okay, we always will come short of the fullness of what God's got for us. We will always perish because of lack of knowledge. And the biggest way we perish is because we're not focused in on who's living inside of us, who will never leave us, who are we one with, who are we now that we're in Christ. You cannot live the normal Christian life while you don't know these realities of the normal Christian life. Okay? Yeah, we need to renew our minds to the reality of Christ in us, and then we put this power to work. For what reason? John chapter 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done, and greater works, because I'm going to be with my Father. This is basic Christianity. Okay? And you can see this demonstrated throughout the book of Acts. That's what we're aiming at with this series and with every message and every sermon is to take away the clutter and focus on the purity of the gospel, what salvation is and how to live in it. Because yes, it includes love. But it's not the kind of love as in a, let's send a, a, a box of coup baked beans to some under... Yeah, that's nice. People need to eat. But I'm talking about love where it's self-sacrificial love. You know, not just feeding the hungry, but actually going to people who are dying spiritually. The church... No, let me not go on that travel trail. Let, let's, stay, let's stay here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That, that shows maturity. Exercising this power. So, we're going to go to Acts chapter 3 in a moment. But Acts chapter 3, we see Peter and John going to the temple to pray, which shows us that they were still mixing a bit of Judaism in, in a sense of they were no longer Jews, they were Christians, but they were going to the Jewish temple. Okay? But here, that's not the point of the story. They go to the temple to pray. There's a lame man. Can I go there? There is a lame man. <laughs> it, 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 it is meaning that his legs were, were not working. And that he was paralyzed, but it's also probably referring to his jokes. Okay? So there was a layman. This shows you that God can heal lameness. So there was a layman, and then he gets healed supernaturally. He gets up, he leaps, he praises God. Okay? So you'll see, Acts chapter 3 has many gems in it. We're going to see it now, unfortunately. I have once gotten through Acts chapter 3 without any of them, but I've gone through Acts chapter 3 more than once. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Got to stop and point out, they were not prayed up. Hey, can you come to the hospital? So-and-so is busy dying. They're in ICU. You don't have time to pray up. <laughs> You've got to release. And that shows you, it's just a release. It, the spirit is always on. Okay, that's what happened in this situation. Yes, Peter released something, but the Spirit was on. This, you know, he never slumbers nor sleeps. It's God. Amen? Okay, the power that's in you is always, always on. You just need to direct it. Verse 2. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried. So it just shows that it's a chronic illness, lame. Anyway, who, who was laid there at the, at the gates of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms, because he had legs, from those who entered the temple. Alms is talking about money, not alms, as in 
the end of your... Anyway, who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple ask for money. Okay, so what was he asking for? Money. What did he get? <laughs> he got legs, yeah. He asked for arms and he got legs. But he was asking for money and he got a healing. He got a miracle. Okay. But here's the thing. What was his faith focused on? Provision. Not a miracle. Okay. There's a lot to be said here. Verse 4. There's a lot to be said. Here I am moving on. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at... Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, it's Jesus. Yes, he's living inside of us. But they couldn't see Jesus. They could see Peter. The guy, the lame guy could see Peter. Couldn't see Jesus. But he could see the effects of Jesus just in a few seconds. Okay? Look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. What was he expecting? Not healing. What was he expecting? A few coins. Okay? It's interesting because his friends were bringing him to the temple and putting him there so that he could get money. Bringing him to a place where God was apparently, but uh, uh, not getting actually what he really needed. And sometimes what we're seeking isn't what we need. Healing is always what we need. That's not what I mean. But you get, there's a deep application here. People are coming to church sometimes looking for work. And that's also, I actually had this testimony. Who was it? Somebody messaged me in the week. It it blessed me so much. Um, They messaged me. They've been with Grace Life for about six years now. And um, they're currently unemployed, currently... Work is a bit difficult. They've got their own business, but it's just not happening. And so they have no income. They've applied for jobs and all of this, and they're seeking. And I was really blessed by this. So they travel by Uber to go to Tigerberg every week and pay 300 rand. And she says it's worth it. She said, I, thought, I came expecting relationship advice because her marriage was going through turmoil. And she said, I got Jesus. People come expecting something, needing help in an area. And she said, I got a revelation of Christ in me, and now I realize that's actually what I needed. And now, I mean, she ministers to everything that moves. Everything. She's in Paul, and she's like, uh, 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 she sits down, she said to me, she sat down with a bunch of her Christian friends, and she said, okay, pretend we don't know each other. She said, are you born again? They all said, yes. She said, how do you know? <laughs> and they said that she said to me they didn't know how to answer the question. So she started ministering to them about what salvation is. And she said some of them got born again. <laughs> this is the point. Like, like there's a world out there that doesn't know these things. Or there's a people in the church who don't know these things. Okay? So, verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Okay? Now, interesting thought, as I was meditating on this, a lot of ministers today have money to give, but they can't give any power. (laughs) Why? 
Let's not answer that. But let's just move on and say, yeah, God certainly doesn't want us poor. Okay, but, but we shouldn't be seeking riches of this world through the gospel as Christians. Okay? Because the riches of the glory of his inheritance is something spiritual. Okay? And that's why we can deliver power to somebody who's lame. Or dying. Okay? That's why. Because we've tapped into the glory of his riches, the Spirit of God inside of us. You know, I have a friend. He's one of the leaders in, 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 in Grace Life. Now he's pastoring a campus. And he was a, a, a leader in another church many years back. And he, he came to me before he joined Grace Life and he said, I'm so frustrated because we've just spent thousands of rands as a church giving wheelchairs to people without praying for them. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, yeah, people need wheelchairs. And I mean, that's nice, but like, I can see your frustration. Like, at least try. <laughs> at least try. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, yeah, sorry it didn't work. Here's a wheelchair. You know, like, at least you've got something backed up to make them feel better if it didn't work. But the point is, is that, like, you know, we've got something that we should tap into and learn to give. Okay? So, what did Peter had? Peter had power. It says in the scripture, he did not have money. He had power. He gave what he had. He didn't give what he didn't have. Okay? I shared some examples on that last week as well. But verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. The people saw him. They saw the effects. And then they knew that it was he who sat begging for money at the beautiful gate of, his temp of the temple. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So Peter and John exhibited a power that gave evidence to the gospel. They were witnesses. They didn't just say a message, give him a wheelchair, or whatever the case is. They demonstrated the power of God. They released the power that was in them to show them Jesus is alive. Okay? And I know, I'm preaching to myself now even, in a sense of, hey, you need to raise the expectation. You need to step out more. You need, to, you need to, 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 to stop playing it safe and ministering to people even. Okay, so, so I'm not uh, just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself too. But evidence is something beyond human ability. This is what they saw. They saw Peter do this and they were like, wow, this guy has demonstrated an ability which could only be divine. Which could only be of God. And what was the result? Everyone saw it and was filled with wonder and amazement. I like this. Because it shows that they weren't expecting anything supernatural. They were all in church. No one expected anything supernatural. Okay? That, that, that they were just doing business as usual. And, you know, with that, I, I really trust that we, we will become a house where it's not business as usual. Wow, there's a miracle, but, oh, there's a miracle. Isn't that great? Like, and we just carry on. You know, I, I experienced that when we were on a mission trip in Madagascar years back, and we saw 
completely blind eyes open and we, we put our backpacks on and we, we started walking to the next village. And it was like, why aren't we that excited about this? <laughs> and we realized it's because we were expecting it and we've already seen a couple of miracles and so it's kind of like, what's next? That's how we should be living. You know, uh, 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 that's, that should be normal for us, not just, wow, we're filled with amazement. Anyway, verse 11. Now, as the lame man who was healed, so he's no longer lame, held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. And so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us, as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? So Peter performed the miracle, and everyone ran to Peter. We saw this last week in the verse that we looked in Acts where Paul performed the miracle and everyone worshipped him. And he said, no, I don't receive worship. This was God's power. He's just the vessel. The same situation here. Peter makes it very clear that this miracle, this healing, had nothing to do with his holiness or anything that he had done. Okay? It was purely supernatural. It was faith in Christ. So this is how the power is at work in the believer. Okay? It's not the power of the believer. It's the power available in the believer through the authority of the believer. You've got authority. This is what was demonstrated here. To speak out and that your speaking out releases that power. So, you know, for example, we pray for you. We release the power. Maybe you don't see anything happening. That's okay. You just keep speaking and releasing that power. You know, we saw it uh, uh, with the COVID thingy that we went through. You know, currently there's now two people within the ministry who've got COVID and we're ministering to them. And every single person we've been ministering to during this time, they get better so much quicker than, 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 than I got better. <laughs> you know, I had it last year and it took me a while and everybody else is getting healed pretty quicker. <laughs> you know, how, how long were you uh, feeling bad? A day, yeah, and then you're just sitting and looking at the walls and you were like, fine after that. Yeah, exactly. Praise God. <laughs> so, you know, the, 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 this is how it should be. It should be just like we release the power, and, but then we keep speaking that power. Everyone, like the, the, the people that I'm ministering to at the moment, I, I message them at least twice a day, speaking over voice notes, declaring healing in their bodies and, and just constantly like being aggressive with this because it's like we're not going to be passive about this. And it's not like the second prayer was unbelief. Absolutely not. The second prayer and the third prayer and the fourth prayer is just being persistent in releasing that power again. I'll be lame and say another dose of the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, yeah, if Peter had never stepped out, had never spoken words of authority, then the power would have never been rele re released and the lame man, the paralyzed man, would have never been healed. That's the point. The miracle wasn't dependent on God's timing. Okay? The miracle was based on Peter's timing. <laughs> if he had decided to sleep in that morning and go to a temple to pray the next day, the guy wouldn't have gotten healed. And yes, maybe God would have sent someone else, but maybe not. <laughs> the point is it's dependent on us, not on someone else. 
Peter was the custodian of the power, not God. It's God's power, but we are the custodians of it. We need to release it. We need to step out. We are holding people's breakthroughs and people's miracles. That's why I encouraged you with words of encouragement and whatever you're feeling impressed on your heart. Step out and share it. Otherwise, you're stealing from us. <laughs> the same thing with healing and stuff. If you feel stirred up, pray for this person. Yeah, what have you got to lose? Just go for it. Try it. You know, be expectant, but just step out. We hold or are withholding people's breakthroughs. Verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified His servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate uh, when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which you are witnesses. And His name, through faith in His name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through Him has given Him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So this is the power available to every believer. This is the power power that's always on. Okay, that we need to just release, put to work, switch it on, let it flow. Okay, we exercise this authority by words. Jesus demonstrated that with the fig tree. If any man speak to this mountain and tell it what to do, then it has to do that. So it's, he's saying we release the power through words. You've got authority. Speak out things. So words can release the power of God that is within us. So, you know, one of us ministers to you. Someone sitting next to you ministers to you. Lays the hand. Releases power. Don't go home and say this stuff doesn't work. Maybe it didn't work that time, but don't say that. Rather just be like, you know what, I'm going to keep speaking to this. I'm going to keep declaring healing. I'm going to keep standing and believing God for this. In the name of Jesus, I release more power. Amen? Because you've got it inside of you. So when we pray to God, or when we're ministering healing to others, we need to pray as if salvation has taken place in our lives. Amen? What is that? That the Spirit of God actually does live inside of us. <laughs> and that we do have authority to minister from this power that's now within, within us. Otherwise, what are you doing? I mean, I remember before I had all this these bits and pieces of revelation starting to come together, I was leading a young adult um, Bible study uh, when I was living in Durban, and I remember praying, we, someone was sick, so they got into the middle, and we were all laying hands and praying, and I finished off praying, going, Father... Just heal this guy. Like, you know, just heal him in the name of Jesus. And God, if you wanted to teach him something through this. And, you know, and I was like, just praying confusion. <laughs> like, I don't know, God, is this your will? Isn't this your will? I don't know, like, what's your timing on this? Like, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing, but let's just... I mean, the guy didn't get healed, obviously. <laughs> Eventually, he did from whatever medicine he was taking. But the point is, is like, prayer works when you pray as if you mean it. Okay? When you're praying like a Christian... Pray boldly. Use the decisive words to direct the power that's in you. You've got a pain. You've got an organ that's not functioning. Whatever. You just put your hand and you're like, I speak power. Release power and life right now to this area in Jesus' name. You know, you've got to be specific. You've got to, you've got to, got to go for it. Okay? In Ephesians chapter 1 and 3, Paul's praying for us to have an understanding of what we've got, of this. 
Okay. And uh, this, this really blessed me in between all of this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. <clears throat> yea, doubtless, uh, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is of, uh, through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. Paul saying this 17 years after his ministry started. That really blessed me. 17 years into his ministry, he's saying that I may know Him. We think Paul's like he's got it. He's got it, like, you know. But 17 years into his ministry, he's like, I want to know more. I want to know Christ more. I want to know the power of his resurrection. He's like, this is, I I need more of this. So all of us probably need some more of that revelation too. Amen? He desired something. He wanted to grow in it. We need to grow in this too. Ephesians chapter 1, 13 to 14. In him... You also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Okay, so you received, the moment you believed this gospel, you trusted in God, you received the seal, the mark of authenticity. The Spirit to dwell in you. God came to take up residence in you. You became one with Him after you believed. Now you're complete. Colossians 2 verse 10. You are now complete in Him. Complete means? Perfect. Complete. Whole. Complete. You know? It's like, don't add anything else now. You're, you're, You're good. Don't try and get better at what's good. You're, you're, you're fine. Okay? So now you're, you're a Christian. You've got to realize that completeness. Okay? Now there's another word there. Who is the guarantee? Some translations say earnest of our inheritance. Okay? And um, I was wrong about this verse for many years. I don't know how else to say that. But earnest in, in, in the, the, the original there is arabon, which means guarantee. Okay, so it is guarantee more than earnest because when we see earnest, we think about deposit. And some translations put it as deposit. What is a deposit? You, 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 you um, buying a house of one million rand, you need to put a deposit of something like a hundred thousand or whatever it is. So it's like much less, right? See, we can't operate like Jesus if we have an inferior view of Christianity. You cannot live like Jesus if you think that the Jesus in you is less than the Jesus in you actually is. And so, so many of us think we've got a 10% deposit of Jesus living inside of us, and that one day, at the resurrection, we'll get it all. That's what most of us believe. I believe that. The deposit, I've got the engagement ring. Some commentaries even say that. I've got the engagement ring now, and one day I'm going to actually get married to this Jesus. Where is Jesus? You're one with Him. 
You've got to awaken to this reality if you're wanting to experience it more. I'm still coming to a deeper understanding and revelation of this as well. Okay? But a wrong understanding of our current position in Christ results in an inferior experience of what God desires for us. So, Arabon is a guarantee. It's not a deposit, but it's something far greater of value than what is still to come. Okay? So, wrong understanding of this is what... uh, 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 Wrong understanding of this is that we have now, what we have now is inferior to what we'll have at the resurrection. But what we have now is far greater. Because what we have will cause the resurrection of the dead in the last day. The Spirit of God in you is what's going to cause you to rise up. Ephesians chapter 8 verse 11. But if, but the spirit, uh, uh, you've got the resurrection spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living inside of you. And it will give life to your mortal body. That's exactly it. It, it. It's the same verse. The same idea. That the spirit in you is what's going to cause you to be raised up in the last day. Okay? Our glorified bodies are the result one day of the spirit of God which now lives inside of us. So you've got to to see this, that in you is everything you will ever need for life and for Godliness. We quote that, we know that, but most of the time we don't believe that. Why? And how do I know? Because we're looking for something more out there. Somewhere out there. Paul never looked for something more out there. He, He was praying for us to have a revelation of what's inside of us. The glorious inheritance that's in the saints. Not coming upon the saints because the saints are begging God for it. The move, yeah. You know, what, what I love about the book of Acts is that I think you said it the other day to me, uh, uh, Mikey, was just that that you know it's it's the Christians realizing that they are the move of God, that they're awakening to the fact that we've got this message, we've got this power. Let's go and move so God can move. There will not be a move of God in our nation or our world until the church moves. And so we need to come to awaken to this revelation and then start moving. Amen. <laughs> and hopefully we can start singing even. I like to move it, move it. Amen. <laughs> I think that's quite appropriate. Yeah. That's not good. I think you can do it then. <laughs> Father, I want to I thank you that <laughs> I resist the urge, but I just thank you, Father, for just who's you just living inside of us, that we're one with you, that we would just awaken to this revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory, our completeness in you. Thank you, Father, for just this journey that we're on, that as we're getting into it more and more and more, we're starting to see people healed. People experiencing this power. And we thank you that there's more. Thank you that, that even now, as, as we stir up the spirit that's within us, that, that there would just be a, an overflow of, of, of power in, in our physical beings towards each other even now, Father. This is normal Christianity. So we just thank you. We invite you now just to stir up the gift of God. We, we choose to stir up this gift that's inside of us, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Just, 
just just begin to focus on Him. And if you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. You can pray g- uh, gently and lo- uh, uh, quietly if you like. It doesn't have to be loud. And, and just begin to focus on Him and allow those streams of living water to begin to flow. These living waters that are inside of you bring you refreshing, bring you life. God wants to give you refreshing right now. Thank you, Father. I believe that, that there's, there's some in this place that you need refreshing. You're feeling at the end of your rope. You're feeling down. You're feeling like, like you're tired. And it's just like, what, what's next? You have even said that. I don't know what could go wrong next. Yeah, if you're in a place like that, then we're not going to expose you but, or ask you to come forward or anything like that. But just stand where you are and just, 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 just pray in the Spirit as a, just a way that you're responding. Just stand up, take the bold stand and just, just allow the Spirit to minister to you right where you are. He wants to refresh you right now. <clears throat> Father, I pray for, for anyone standing right now that they would just be refreshed in your presence. Be refreshed right now. Your presence lives inside of them. We call forth the streams of living water right now that are within you. Flow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Someone feels cornered. You feel like, like you, you, you've been chased down a, a tunnel and it's, it's dark and you don't know which way to get out. And God's just saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. You don't see any light in that tunnel, but I am with you. Look to me. Don't try and figure it out. I am with you. I just declare refreshing in your heart. Courage to your heart right now in the name of Jesus. You are not alone. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Don't give up. You only lose when you give up. The Bible calls you more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. You are more than a conqueror. So how do you know when you've won? When you've won. (laughs) You have won. But how do you know when you've lost? When you give up. When you stop. So don't stop. Keep believing. Keep focusing on Jesus. Keep seeking Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Then... If there's anybody here that, that's still trusting for healing, just stand up. And we're gonna we're gonna minister to, to to each other just quickly. Doesn't matter what the condition is, what the situation is, just you stand up and, and you press in and, and, and in your mind, don't picture the hem of Jesus' garment somewhere, but you just picture that Christ in you. You picture Jesus in you. You're one with him. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every sickness, over every condition, over every illness in this place, and we curse it and we command it to go in the name of Jesus. We speak life to your body, health to your flesh, in the name of Jesus. Right now, I declare recovery in your body. I declare wholeness in your body. Every symptom, leave now in Jesus' name. You may have had the condition for a number of years. The woman who had the issue of blood had this problem for a decade. 
And yet she reached out and she received healing power in her body. Right now, I release healing power to your body in Jesus' name. Behold. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the healer and you live in us. Thank you that it doesn't have to be a dramatic, let's run across the stage <laughs> kind of moment of healing. But yeah, the power is at work right now. We acknowledge that. The power is at work in our bodies. And so we just command a release of that. And that over this week, we will see drastic improvement in Jesus' name. Like we saw last week. Thank you, Father, for drastic improvement. In Jesus' name. We pray for, 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 for those at home with, with COVID. And we thank you for drastic improvement now. In Jesus' name. We command life and wholeness in their bodies. In the name of Jesus. Strength. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's all just stand up together for a moment. And again, just, just, just close your eyes and focus your attention on Him. And let's just spend a, a, a moment just, just, just receiving from Him for ourselves. And maybe you'll have a word and something to encourage us with. And you want to come forward, then, then just come forward during this time. But just, just, just focus your attention on Him and receive from Him. He loves you. He wants to minister to you directly. Yes, through others, but also directly. Thank you, Father. Father, we just, we just give you space now just to, to speak to our hearts and share anything else that's on your heart for us right now. We just receive, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I just believe God's just saying to someone, you'll know if this is for you. And if this is you, I just encourage you in your heart, just say, Father, thank you. As I say this, but God's just saying to you, I have loved you with an everlasting love. There's been moments in your life, and I know who this is for, but I don't want to expose you right now. There's been moments in your life where you felt like, God, where are you? Because all hell is breaking loose. And God says, you know, He's never stopped loving you. He's never left you. He was there through it all, through the tragedies and everything. And He's saying to you that, hey, I will never leave you. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Just keep walking with me. Keep walking with me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I think this is a word for, for a number of people. God just saying, stop trying so hard. <laughs> You're tiring yourself out. Just stop trying so hard. You, he's not expecting perfection, and you are, but, but he's not. So stop having higher expectation than God. Just relax.
If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.